0: Greetings, church and friends of the church. Um, I offer today in this episode the uh, scripture lesson um, that was part of Valley Forge Presbyterian's worship on both September the 5th and 12th of 2021 and a uh, reflection that's a hybrid of the reflections that were offered in uh, two parts across those two Sundays as well. The scripture lesson is the, the final uh, piece in this connected series of reflections on the wisdom of the Apostle James. Um, and so for, for the last time in this series, um, here is what the Apostle James wrote uh, to those seeking to implement uh, a Christian uh, way of living into their daily life and the social order. So James writes this, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives generously and ungrudgingly, and wisdom will be given to you. But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, being double-minded and unstable, and must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy, and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those. Who make peace. So, in his letter, James is making the argument, as we've considered in this series, that those who claim the title or the the characteristic of being a Christian, those who seek to implement the way of Jesus in their daily living, in their relationships, and in the world around them, are more than hearers and believers of what he said, but also those who are doers of his word, doers of the word of God expressed by Jesus and his witness. And so in this episode, we consider what true wisdom really is, wisdom that guides the doing of the good and godly. And we also consider the difference between that godly wisdom and wisdom that is earthly or unspiritual. So James writes that God is the constant source of wisdom. And when we hear the word wisdom, I wonder if we tend to associate it with the concept of intelligence, as if the things that we've learned, memorized, experience, and remember, build up in some sort of wisdom bank account. So that those who know the most facts or have the most experiences that teach them the most new and different things are those thought to be the wise among us. For good reason, we equate age and wisdom, for we know that the longer that we are alive, the more that we learn and experience and remember. But the word that James uses uh, for wisdom in the Greek language is more about Clarity in a moment, clarity in a set of circumstances, than about accumulated intelligence. It's more about a skill that anyone can refine and practice, and less about this bank account of all that we've learned and experienced that creates more ability or capacity in some with a lot of intelligence and less capacity in others who have lesser volumes of intelligence. Wisdom is about the ability to know with clarity what is and what needs to be done and said, not by what we recommend out from our experience, but by what the mysterious creator, God, the nurturer of all that is good, the driving force toward peace, wills to happen in that moment or circumstance. So wisdom is not about having the right answer about what to do based on previous human learning and experience and thus being the authority on the matter, the expert on what to do. Rather, wisdom is about seeing the unique context of the circumstances clearly, such that what to do is not informed by what is in the brain, but is informed by observing and discerning what is happening in real outside of the self. So centuries ago, the scribes of the Proverbs pointed us away from the self and toward God when our intelligence is not fitting or actually leads us astray, and we need to seek a wisdom outside of ourself instead. The scribe of the proverb wrote all these centuries ago, trust in the Lord with your heart and lean not on your own insights your own intelligence, in all of your ways. Acknowledge the presence and the guiding wisdom of God, and you will be carried through. There are many circumstances and situations where intelligence is indeed what is needed in order to act or respond, because those circumstances are known, or the same, or very, very similar the circumstances we have experienced before. There is a precedent of known solutions to known problems. And these are called technical problems. When our car malfunctions, maybe we have the intelligence to fix it. So my wife's car has one particular fuse that likes to blow. And we now understand what it looks like when that happens. And we know how to fix it. And it's gonna be the same every time. When our three children are are gremlins, not themselves, we have the intelligence based on our past experience with them to either feed them immediately or get them to bed because it is their hunger or their fatigue that is making them gremlins. We we dealt with flooding around here lately from an, an unbelievable amount of rain from Hurricane Ida When it rains 10 inches in a day and our basements flood, we have the intelligence based on previous experience or previous experience of someone else who's an expert on this to get out the sump pumps and to get out the shop backs and get the water out. When when someone breaks a bone, something that I've done multiple times in my life, doctors have the intelligence based on precedent to easily diagnose the problem, and then to restore health and well-being to the person with a broken bone. When we talk about churches, when uh, uh, the pastor of a church moves on uh, somewhere else or retires, churches have the intelligence, based on previous experience, to navigate that process of finding a new one. These are technical problems. We can identify the problem and the solution based on the precedent. It's plug and play. But there are also many situations where the intelligence that we do have based on previous learnings and experiences is not what is needed because we're facing circumstances in which there is no previous experience or learned precedent. When there have become too many cars on too few roads, that's not a technical problem. We've not faced this circumstance before. When children are engaged and affected by a new technology without any knowledge based on previous precedent, because it's never been around before, of how this technology will impact them physically and emotionally, that's not a technical problem. When our climate is changing in ways that we struggle to acknowledge, let alone understand, and when the rains that come are a brand new set of circumstances, that's not a technical problem. When doctors are tasked with responding to a brand new virus that's spreading like wildfire and there's, there's no precedent on, on how to identify it, treat it, cure it, that's not a technical problem. There's no easy solution. When churches have done everything they know to do based on precedent, yet they are still declining for reasons they can't identify, let alone understand, that's not a technical problem. There is no known solution based on precedent. These situations are called adaptive challenges. We struggle to identify the problem because it's a new set of circumstances and a challenge that we have not faced before. And we have no precedent for how to respond. There are no experts. There are no known solutions. Our intelligence based on our past cannot help us. So what do we do when we're faced with this kind of adaptive challenge. Well, as James wrote, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, if you are lacking in the ability to, with clarity, know what to do in a given set of circumstances, ask God who gives generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. This is James paraphrase of the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own insights. In all your ways, acknowledge the presence and the wisdom of God, and that is what will carry you through. When we get to this place where we've done everything we know to do based, uh, based on what we've learned in the past by leaning on our own insights and understandings, and we still aren't addressing the real issues, which we struggle to even identify, we have to humbly confess that we're lacking in wisdom And that our intelligence, based on what we've known or done previously, will not help us to effectively respond. And then, in yet humility, we have to seek God's new direction for our lives. That we implement in the midst of our new circumstances. There is clarity found in seeking God's will and wisdom. But James warns, but ask in faith, never doubting. So as we all know, any, any guidance from God or otherwise that's new to us, that invites change, is unsettling. Whether that is guidance personally or guidance upon a church together as a community, being asked to do new things, to do things differently, to move forward beyond the we've always done it this way status quo, that is very unsettling and uncomfortable. Everything within us will seek to resist that change and the uncertainty it brings. And so from the beginning, we have to ground that search for wisdom and clarity in our faith, in our trust, that God will lead us through. So that we are ready to push forward into the unknown despite our doubts, despite the temptation of returning to the status quo. So James gives the church some guidance uh, on how to evaluate whether the wisdom we choose to implement into action in a set of circumstances is actually from God, or if it's a product of this natural human propensity to avoid uncertainty by giving into doubt and the allure of the status quo. So James teaches that earthly, unspiritual wisdom is fueled by envy and selfish ambition, And that it leads to disorder and wickedness. If what we are seeking to do in a given situation or set of circumstances is primarily about what I want or what we want rather than what we understand to be the will of God, either because we've decided for ourselves that this is what we want and we're going to pursue it, or we've seen others. Do something or have something in particular, and our envy causes us to pursue that for ourselves, this is earthly. This is unspiritual wisdom. Because if it's unspiritual, it's primarily physical. Driven by these physical, self-preserving, self-focused defense mechanisms, that are within all of us, evolved within every single set of human DNA that are grounded in our millions of years old survival instincts as a species, rather than grounded in, the, in discerning the will of God. When we allow these physical and therefore unspiritual, earthly instincts based on envy or self-focused ambition or desire To take the wheel and out from that, if we all do that, if we all do that, and out from that, a bunch of individuals and organizations are all working in their own arenas for their own reasons toward different self serving goals. There are all of these competing agendas and goals, and there is disorder. Competing ideas and efforts. Leads to conflict rather than cooperation, collaboration, and community. When that's true, needed change is resisted and sabotaged. There's wickedness, that which defies God's good intent for peace, because uh, this um, ambition, self ambition, or envy causes one to harm and compromise the well being of the other. Major conflicts and and clashing of ambitions can lead to war. It leads to hunger, despite an ample supply of food on this earth. It leads to poverty, as the few hoard so much and, and, and so many others are intentionally kept in places of not having enough. It leads to polarization that distracts and stalls and compromises groups and nations. It leads to scapegoating, It leads to oppression. So what do we do in the midst of a world in which so much earthly and unspiritual wisdom has shaped everything so profoundly, driving us all to these places of envy and ambition? What do we do when we struggle to to even know what is really wrong, let alone have any idea about what to do about it? Trust in the Lord. Lean not on our own insights. Lean not on our own earthly, unspiritual, physical, reactionary wisdom ask God for wisdom. James teaches that godly wisdom, rather than being fueled by selfish ambition and envy, and rather than leading to disorder, godly wisdom is fueled by faith. And it leads to good works that are done with gentleness, works that have no trace of hypocrisy or partiality. And that godly wisdom leads to peace, yielding and a harvest of righteousness. We can we can hear how that is so very different than where earthly wisdom, physical, reactionary wisdom takes us. We trust in the guidance we discovered from God. Guidance that Jesus taught will always take some form of love your neighbor. Now we know that we will often doubt that love of neighbor is the right thing to do because we've all been shaped so profoundly by these earthly and unspiritual pieces of wisdom in our socio-political lives. By the cultural norms of our lifetimes that tell us to to be envious and to be ambitious for the sake of the self and because our body's self-defense mechanisms these physical things that evolve within all of us are always telling us to just worry about ourselves and not others yet with faith godly wisdom compels us to live with intentional love for neighbor working for the sake of the neighbor being collaborative and community-minded rather than being competitive. James affirms that when we're living by godly wisdom, rather than giving into the temptations of doubt and unspiritual wisdom, that our lives and our life together as congregations and groups of people produce good works done with gentleness, without hypocrisy or partiality, We live with a willingness to yield, a readiness to put the needs and the desires of the other over the desires of the self. We live in ways that make the world a more peaceful place, a place in which more and more live with a collective focus on the common good, a place in which more experience well-being rather than the hunger, poverty, marginalization, and oppression that comes with selfish ambition and envy. Intelligence may lead us into lives that feel predictable and safe. But they can also, intelligence can also lead us to lives that are ignorant and indifferent to the will of God and the needs of others. Seeking spiritual, godly wisdom as a constant, daily, foundational, regular practice keeps us all moving forward, often in ways we don't fully understand and unto futures that we can't really even imagine or see yet, but all the while with a clarity along the way about how to love those neighbors around us on the journey, Toward that uncertain future. We are those who are to seek godly wisdom in all things. Trusting in the guidance of the the good and the creative God. The nurturer and sustainer of all. Even when we don't think we need different guidance. And we are those who do not put our trust in our own ability. In all things to use our own intelligence to make our own decisions, because that's often not fitting. So this is where the church that I serve and to which I belong is as a congregation in Valley Forge. And this is where, this is where I would argue the vast majority, very vast majority of congregate, Christian congregations and other communities of faith, of other traditions too, This is where they are today, in this place of facing adaptive challenges that we as the people of these organizations and communities struggle to even identify. Realizing that in in some way that feels just beyond our comprehension that things have changed and are continuing to change rapidly. And realizing in humility that doing what worked in the past being who we were in the past those patterns and rhythms and priorities and systems are not working anymore because that is true with humility we have to confess that we need wisdom and trust in the lord rather than leaning on our own understandings god will make our path straight but the good news where i serve in valley Forge is that this is already happening So godly wisdom helped our congregation to nurture the creation of the upper Marion area community Cover, which was sown in peace and has led to a harvest of godly good done with righteousness and without a trace of hypocrisy or partiality. As we've let go of known ways of using that big part of our building, our kitchen area and our hall and, uh, instead of just doing what we always did in those spaces, following God's guidance into this uncertain community initiative, our witness and community impact for the sake of peace and love of neighbor has grown exponentially. Thousands and thousands of people are finding good news as the poor, and that's the heart of the gospel. Godly wisdom has helped us in Valley Forge to nurture a fresh vision for how to use our Christian education building in Christian witness in the future in a very different way as housing for the least of our sisters and brothers. As we let go of the status quo of what we learned that buildings for instead, trusting in God's wisdom to guide the ways we use that building and the shape it takes. God will continue to guide our church into this new season of good work done in gentleness, despite our doubts. Godly wisdom will help us to nurture a ministry to families with preschool-aged children that fits the community as it is today, instead of fitting a community that existed 60 years ago when the nursery school as we know it was first formed. As we let go of known ways, stop leaning on our own understandings, become willing to yield our attachments to our spaces and patterns as we've known them with a priority on our call and mission to love the other more than to attend to the desires of the self, to follow God's wisdom beyond our doubts, something full of mercy Good fruits is coming. Our intelligence, our knowledge of how to be this church, based on past experiences and leanings, known problems and solutions, this false assumption that our circumstances and norms and expectations don't ever change, these cannot and will not lead us into a faithful future. But seeking godly wisdom Discerning what we are to do until we have a clarity about what is good and right to do today. Trusting in the Lord with faith enough to overcome the doubts that would stall and sabotage us because we cannot see the future perfectly. And doing what is godly, that is what can and will lead Valley Forge Presbyterian Church into a good and faithful future. Things are already changing in our congregation Things are changing in every other congregation, like it or not. Not by the direction or the intelligence of the elders or the pastor, but by the wisdom that God is giving us as congregations. And by that wisdom, we are going to change more. In seeking godly wisdom, the session of our church uh, has unanimously discerned that this vision for our future is faithful and true. And we're going to work with our congregation in the weeks and months ahead so that we're ready for a congregational meeting sometime this fall when it will be our people's turn, all of our people, to lean not on their own understandings and insights born of their past experience as members of this church, but instead to trust in the wisdom that God is bringing us together. And as hard as that will be, we thank God. For the change that is born of this wisdom will ensure the future and the faithfulness of our life and our witness. So God help us. And amen. Be well. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Vaccinated. Love your neighbor. Peace be to all.